So welcome everyone to the Probably Something podcast, where Josh and I interview amazing founders in the AI space. And today we have Eric from Zupiak. So Zupiak's a really awesome tool that helps you with SEO. And I'm a marketer myself, so I've used the tool and really like it. So I'm super pumped to, to have Eric on the show. Eric, welcome to the pod. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Maybe we can start from um, the overview side of things on Zupiak. What does it do and who does it do it for? We basically make search engine marketing effortless. So our core audience is small to medium-sized businesses as well as startups. So we take out the need for a freelancer or an agency that helps you with keyword research while combining it with an AI writer. So basically we take the two things and combine it into a very lean process. So our customers typically come to us when they've tried using freelancers or agencies trying to make it work and it doesn't work for them. So they come to us and they pay a subscription fee and now they can get going with growing through content. Mm. And so the, the ideal use case is a, a marketing team is looking to scale up their content production and they could just go on your platform and do all the SEO requirements directly from one and then be publishing plenty of blog posts every month and, and start to rank on the, the keywords that they're, they're looking to rank for. Is that correct? That's correct. So when we looked at the tools out there, we saw that most of them or all of them actually targeted enterprise and like very experienced content marketers, but our customers don't really know how to use those types of tools. They don't have the time or the knowledge. So we basically streamline that process of creating content, which usually requires that you do a lot of research on your keywords and just understand what you're doing, but we streamline that uh, process. I'm curious. So the small business owners across the U.S., let's say, do they have an idea that they know that they should be doing SEO or what's the impetus for them to come to you? So it's a funny thing around SEO because it's a bit of a black art. Like a lot of people think that they should be doing it and they know it can work, but then how you make it work is the tricky part because there's a lot of agencies and freelancers out there doing stuff, but they may not be doing, doing the correct stuff. So I think a lot of business owners and smaller businesses have sort of burnt themselves trying to make it work and then they don't see the results. So it's, I think it goes back to, in order to make it work, you need a tactical plan. So we try to address that. If you don't know what to do, we want to make sure we can help you like First, you need a keyword plan, and then you need to write content for those keywords, and then the content needs to go somewhere. And a lot of businesses just start in, in the end of that process and just create a whole lot of content that they publish on some websites and hope it will work, but that won't really work. So that's what we're trying to address. Eric, I'm curious about the AI. Are you leveraging OpenAI, uh, GPT-4, 3.5, or are you using other models, open source models or other models in general? So we use a combination of 3.5 Turbo and GPT-4 for different tasks. And then we embed the search data into the content generation. So it sounds like you are making some money from this venture. Is that right? Yeah, we are. We launched a business model early summer. 
So it took us a while, but I think it took us about six months to go into six-figure six ARR. And we have a good trend. And it, it took a while of tinkering and uh, also finding like pricing. We've worked a lot with pricing to understand like what's the elasticity with these customers because the alternative cost is a bit different, like using an SEO tool, using an AI or using a freelancer. So we've been trying to iterate on that. But we, we have good momentum. We grew revenues 57% in November. We're on to something, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. And are customers finding you through SEO or are they finding you in other ways? So majority is coming through SEO because we have... So the long story short is that we started out actually as a blog platform for businesses. And that's how we grew. So we have this community of almost half a million users now. And so most of our paying are actually coming through the community and the publishing side of the platform. But then we have we have a few other channels as well that we sort of, on top, uh, use Google's ads and, and other, other means to grow. So you obviously made a switch at one point to say, okay, there's a need that we want to service here. Let's, let's create a solution out of this pain point that we're feeling ourselves through our own business. Was it difficult to make that jump and to say, okay, let's try and find more time out of our busy schedules to create an extra solution on top of it. And did you do it bootstrap? Did you fundraise? Like, how was that? Tell us about that process of, of launching something from an existing business need on an existing business venture. Yes, it's, so it's, I, you either have timing or you get timing. I, I, I think in our case, it was getting timing because basically we had this community and we were actually actively looking for a direction for this platform because we were thinking about, is there a community play, marketplace play? We tried to really go deep into the users. Like, why are they posting content on our platform and what are their problems? And we also saw that, uh, as I mentioned before, this is not their day job. Like, marketing for them is just, they just want customers. So the the quality of the content is and was, like, in some instances, average, and some others, like, uh, lack of a better word, unoptimized. So basically, they were doing a lot of stuff, which wasn't helping them. And then around a year ago, when GPT came out and the world sort of realized what generative AI was, uh, including us, I mean, we just saw that this is going to be a complete silver bullet for this user group because marketing for them has always been a huge pain and it's not getting any easier. I mean, if you look, rewind five, 10 years, it was easier because you had fewer channels. You had higher efficiency with channels. You didn't have a cookie apocalypse with tracking being harder. So paid acquisition costs is going up. I think Facebook ads is up like 80% or something, 21, 22. So we just saw that finally the, the playing field can be leveled. So this will be a silver bullet because they don't have to rely on agencies that are too expensive for them or freelancers with the wrong tactics, uh, we can actually build something that can empower them because they don't really want to think about marketing. They just want customers. And that's the people we speak to every day. So it feels really good actually to be solving in this space because I think we have a couple of customers that I have in in the back of my mind when I design these products. So one of them runs a, a daycare center in San Francisco. So I always think if, uh, for one, we save him money and we save him time. So what can he do with that money and time? They can reinvest that into his business, which is taking care of children. So indirectly, we're making children happy. (laughs) 
but but I think it's it's actually quite cool to to see that this technology can help this user group which is, has been suffering for fi- quite a few years around marketing. Eric, what's been the most difficult part of building the business so far? I think before we found our model, that was obviously difficult because it took us a while to to actually find the model that worked for us in terms of revenue and business model and so on. So, so um, just having to, like, I picked up some consulting work at some point and then we, we were committed to making it work and we knew it would work and you have to have the grit to actually keep going. But we were actually three co-founders uh, from the start, but uh, one of them after around a year when we hadn't found the model, like he just, he couldn't take it. Like it, it, it was uh, a bit too, like when we were switching back and forth from um, consulting and then going, raising some money, mm-hmm. the uncertainty is not for everyone. I think you have to have the, the grit to just power through. If you have the commitment, what's going to work? Yeah. And it certainly did. Honestly, when I, it's funny to hear that's, that's like your biggest pain point, because when I came to interact with Zupiak and I had found it because somebody had recommended it on a community I was a part of, um, the flow and the pricing structure felt very intuitive. It was like, okay, like I'm going to get up to, I think it was 10 blog posts a month for the pricing plan that I was on. And when I went in, because I had some sort of knowledge about SEO from prior experience, I expected there to be a keyword planner and a topic suggester. And then the output, which is really what I was there for, is just like blog posts ten up to 10 a month. So it, it, it just uh, uh, so, some user feedback is that it feels uh, extremely smooth, that whole process uh, to, to get the user to what they want. I wanted to pick your brain on on the future of, uh, of Google, of Google search results in general, because <clears throat> Google has already spoken uh, a little bit about how they feel in terms of AI generated content, because what they don't want is the web to just be filled with AI generated content. But, or at least that's what they said in the beginning, I think they've perhaps gone back on their word a little bit there because on my end, as a user of Google, I'm thinking at the end of the day, I just want answers. That's why I'm going into Google. And so whether the answer was generated by an AI or by a human, it doesn't really impact me so much, but maybe I'm not thinking about all the different nuances that are there. And I sure, I'm sure this is something you think about a lot because essentially you're creating a tool that enables anyone to create AI generated content at really mass scale. So there could be a world where all of the content we browse on Google is AI generated. So I would love, would love any takes on uh, what that world looks like. Yeah. So, so I think it's a, it's an interesting topic that we do discuss and I do think about it a lot. So, so uh, when all of this, when this sort of generative AI cat was out of the bag with GPT, there was this thinking that Google are going to punish AI content. They're going to basically prioritize human written content. And that sort of myth was killed in February when Google went out and said, we don't really care how the content is created. So why did they say that? Well, they can't really assess if something is AI generated or not. They basically can't control it. And also the other fact is in by 2026, 90% of all content is going to be AI generated. So then you start thinking about if Google only looks at 10% of the content of the internet, that would be a pretty crappy search engine. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics here. And I think one of them is like with this content flood that's now coming 
for one, the way we search, as you say, is changing. And, and I think for the better, because if you compare the generative AI search experience, which is to, you ask a question, you get an answer instantly. You don't have to click through 10 links to get the, the answer to your question. That's obviously a better experience. And 100%, that's where Google is going. Now, the problem is that ChatGPT uh, initially people thought people would move from Google to ChatGPT. And that happened to some instance, but then ChatGPT panned out at 100 million users and seems to have the, the curve is not really exponentially picking up. So it's now it's on Google. What are they going to do? So they showed a preview, which is combining the uh, chat experience with the, the current Google experience. And that's, that was sort of expected. So it works in a similar way, but they also weave in the organic results. And I think that's an interesting part. So they couldn't only go for the chat interface because one, they would kill their own business model. 80% of Google's revenues come from Google ads. <laughs> so yeah, you wouldn't want to shoot yourself in the foot just because, you know, Google have shareholders. <laughs> so that's one thing. So you need the, the ads somewhere in the results. And number two is they need to find a way to incentivize content creators, because if no one is incentivized to create content, like the incentive right now is you create content and then it gets shown in search results and it gets eyeballs, basically. If that incentive goes away, um, basically there will be no new content. <laughs> so 25% uh, of all searches uh, every year are new. So there's obviously a need for new content. So what will happen, I think, is the mediocre content, both AI generated and the normal mediocre content will fade out and, and it you will get less and less clicks on the sort of rank four, five, six on Google that are, today is getting some traffic. So I think eyeballs are going to move up. So basically the top three content will get aggregated by the AI. So you will get a boost actually in the best content, mediocre content will fade out. So what does that mean? It does mean that you have to probably SEO 2.0 or 3.0, wherever will be about optimizing to get aggregated by the AI. And I think there's a lot of different opinions. I think that the same dynamics will probably apply as applies today because Google have been refining this, these algorithms for, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, so it will be about expertise, authority, like all the normal ways that Google today assess whether something is more relevant than something else. So I don't think that they will reset the whole dynamic around what content is a better answer to your question than, than something else, which some, some people were saying that could happen. Um, but I, I think that the same rules will still apply and content needs to be uh, more optimized in order to get results. That's an interesting theory when it comes to content. So it sounds like you think all of this is going to move in a direction of not a race to the bottom, but a race to the top. Like over time, the content is just in inevitably has to get better. I hope so. I mean, uh, for, for the better of humanity, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 this always, this also has implications on like the overall experience. Um, if everything is AI generated, um, it just amplifies everything. So there's obviously there's a lot of bad content on the internet today, but with AI content, you could have that at scale, which is also true for AI images, which like um, I saw on, on, on X the other day, like someone was seeing 
uh, for a specific search, the top ranking content was an AI image, which was clearly AI generated. So uh, that's also an interesting take, like what's going to happen with, with the flood of both AI images and AI content. And I think we'll see, see what happens, but, but Google will adapt. They, they were slow to re well, they were in panic mode basically when ChatGPT came, but I think they're catching up. They managed to release Gemini and you know, they've been the best at AI for a long period of time. Now they were lagging a bit because of X and Y, but I think they're going to catch up and they still have the, the user base, right? So I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to turn out for the better. They have the resources yeah. and the compute as well. Yeah, for sure. And they invented this technology, right? They invented yeah. the transformer technology. All companies have a, a sort of lag behind at some point, and now they're going to probably catch up. Yeah, but you, you do make a really good point, which I hadn't considered yet, which was around the the ideal interface for Google looking like a search box and and that feeling a little bit like, and that being powered by AI and so getting results that are generated by accumulating insights from different pieces of existing content and how that uh, is helps the top three ranking posts for a given search but harms the the next 20,000 results. And because those 20,000 results then do have some views, which drives some Google Display Network revenue or Google AdWords revenue, it those are massive decisions that they're having to take internally in terms of what's the interface of interacting with Google in the future. So I'll be looking out for that. I'm sure it's going to come. We're going to start seeing some updates to how Google looks in the near future and yeah, really insightful to get your take on that. So Eric, maybe we can close out here. I don't know if there's any last parting thoughts you want to share, but uh, it's been a real pleasure to, to, to have you on the pod and to get all your perspective on, on SEO in the world of Zupiak. No, it was really fun. And thanks for having me. Love, love talking about this topic. So anytime.